Hi, and welcome to The Grit Podcast. I'm so grateful and thankful that you're here today. Um, you may be watching or listening, but either way, we're so happy to have you here today. And I'm also so thrilled and excited um, and so, so grateful to welcome back for an encore visit, Tom Zuba. So welcome back, Tom. Thank you. I am so, so happy to be here. I am too. I am too. Um, before we go too far, I thought it would be really good for us to set an intention for, for our time together. So um, I'll, if it's okay with you, I'm going to go ahead and sort of begin my intention and maybe you'll then jump in with um, some of your words that I know will be so powerful and so helpful. Okay. Um, so it's my thought that if you're here today, that it is, it is no accident that you came here today to be with us. Um, I think it was either your higher power, your higher self, um, perhaps God, uh, or a loved one had a hand in bringing you here today. Uh, so I want to honor that. And I also, but you were the one who pushed the play button. So I also want to center for a second and maybe have you relax into it. I'm going to relax into it. And I want you to think about what, what it is that, um, that maybe that you're hoping to hear today. What would be helpful for you to hear on your path today? And it's my hope and it's my intention that you will hear just the right thing that's going to really help you um, on your path and your journey today. So that's my intention. So I firmly, firmly believe, contrary to cultural wisdom out there, that people that are living with the death of someone they love, that they can heal. I firmly believe that. I don't believe healing is a destination. I believe healing can become our way of being. And just over the last month now, maybe, it's become clear to me that one of the things I can offer the world are pictures. I can offer pictures. I can offer video, I can offer visuals of what that healing looks like, feels like, tastes like, smells like, sounds like. Understanding that if I don't know where I'm going to go, how am I gonna get there? So my intention today, and, and I already know that it's gonna happen, is that you and I paint a really clear picture of the power of intention and of how healing occurs, what it looks like, feels like, sounds like, smells like. I want us to paint that picture today for the next person. I love it, that's beautiful. And um, I'm gonna piggyback on that too because I, I think that's a beautiful intention and that's, that would be so wonderful to create that. And I know we will, so. Um, so if you've been following me for the last few weeks, then you'll know that I've been reading from Tom's first book, Permission to Mourn, and I've been reflecting on the chapters. And I want to just say right away, um, I've been reading this book for three years now, uh, a lot. But there's been something even more powerful about this exercise, I think. I think that, uh, 
and Tom, you've said this, go ahead. Okay, I'm a real human being. I always, always write with a pen and I take notes. Yes, I, I do. My, there's no ink in this pen. It will take me 10 seconds. Oh, sure, go ahead. The universe wanted us all to rest a little bit more. Okay, sorry. That's okay, I had to hold my tongue. I did say, I love this book. Um, but uh, you know, words have power, right, Tom? You've said, you say that all the time, and I believe that too. And I think the spoken word has a lot of power. And so what I've been doing is I've been speaking this out loud, and I've also been sometimes collecting my thoughts, so writing it down. So I've been writing it down and speaking it. And I think it's been even more powerful than it has been for me in the past. So I, I just wanted to share that. And I am so grateful and thankful that I've been able to do that. And that, um, I hope it's been helpful for you guys listening. I'm sure I've gotten more out of it probably, but this has been incredible. And oh, so in, just in case you know, uh, you don't know, but please, before I forget and go any further, please pick them up at Amazon. They are very inexpensive. And you will read them over and over and over and over and over again. And they're easy to read. So I just want to get that in there right now because it's so important. So if you've been following me, you know that. Now, on Tuesday nights, Tom has been painting that picture of what healing looks like. Um, and that's been really, really powerful and wonderful. And I know you're doing one tonight as well. Um, can, you tell, can you just tell us a little bit about that? one tonight yes oh just my refresh Lord. our memory yeah this is what's so interesting about the one tonight i honestly have genuinely been excited and honored with every single guest that i've invited i mean i really really have in the area of intentions when i was um in eighth grade my parents took me to the school counselor at the high school that I was going to register for, that I was going to attend. And the counselor was trying to help me figure out what the best electives would be. And the counselor said, well, like, what, what would you like to do when you grow up? It was always very, very clear to me what I wanted to do. But my hunches, this is the first time I verbally said those words out loud i didn't know that words have power i didn't know that the spoken word was even more powerful i took a deep breath i'm in eighth grade and i said well i would actually like to have a talk show on tv like johnny carson and god bless her she didn't laugh at me and she said really she said okay then i'm going to sign you up for debate I loved debate. I mean, I just so appreciated the fact that she heard me, she saw me, and she honored me. Since eighth grade, I have held the vision of having my own television show. I am a really slow learner, although I'm going to stop using that language to describe myself. Probably five, six weeks ago, it dawned on me, hey, Zuba, you could have your own television show using social media. So Tuesday nights is my television show. 
I love it. I love it. I love it. The woman that I'm introducing everyone to tonight at 7.30 p.m. Central, her name's Tracy Laux. I don't know how I found her or she found me. I have, I, I have never met her in person. And I, we spoke for about 12 minutes yesterday to work out all the kinks technically. So tonight will go smoothly. I have talked with you, Mary, much longer than I've talked with Tracy Laux. I know her through Facebook and my heart recognizes her heart. She is the mother of Maddie. She has an unbelievable blended, I don't know if she calls it blended. She has an unbelievable, unconventional family. She's a mother, she's a wife, she's an incredible artist, she's a teacher. To me, she is a beacon of light. She is a concrete, tangible, radiant beacon of light. So the fact that I get to talk to her, I, I, I am so excited, so grateful. As in life, each time I do my talk show, my TV talk show on Facebook, every week, the universe, it all opens up more and more and more. Tonight is, so it's like, what's next Tuesday? We're going to be like, I already know who the guest is. Uh, but yeah, so tonight, 7.30 p.m., my Facebook page, Tom Zuba teaches a new way to do grief. Awesome. I did watch uh, one of the videos that you shared yesterday and um, just such a peaceful, calming presence and um, oh, I don't, awareness maybe comes to mind. Just, just this deep awareness that she has about herself and love. Are you talking about, are you talking about Rachel? Tracy. Oh, Tracy. Oh, you watch. Oh, okay. So you what? Yeah. Tracy, right after, not unlike you, but Tracy, right after becoming radiant, she took, came out, she took a deep breath, and she said, would it be okay if I read your book online? And my hunch is, Mary, she would say the exact same that you said, that the person that benefited the most, that the person that healed the most was her. Exactly what you said about reading Permission to Mourn. And it's exactly what I've said over and over again about doing Facebook Lives since March 31st. I am the recipient of the most glorious light. Wow. It's just it's a circle. You know, I mean, it's a circle. It just goes round and round and round because what a gift that is. I can't even believe that you've been doing that since March 31st because that... Um, has been a huge, huge gift to so, so many, present company included, and it's got to be exhausting, but it's, but it's been, met, meant so much to us, so much. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. Five years ago, on the 10th anniversary of my son Rory's death, I gave a presentation called 10 Things I've Learned in the 10 Years, and I forget which number it is. It's, I think it's either six or seven. I took a deep breath and stepped out into the fire by sharing this. And what I said was, we have to give first what it is we want to receive. 
we have to give first what we want to receive. And I knew that by saying that, by suggesting that to people in deep, deep, deep grief, that's a heavy lift. That's a heavy lift. Not unlike having the nerves to suggest that we might be able to become radiant. But, but you know, I just have to say that I, I think I read something like that when I was in deep grief and I, and it's not really been that long really for me, I guess, but, um, but there's something about that. When you do it, if you can trust and do that, if you can, if you're feeling lonely, pick up the phone, or if you're feeling um, uh, isolated and you reach out to someone immediately, immediately you, you feel that connection. This is, this is one of the things I've learned, and it's been affirmed over and over and over again, that like attracts like. And the people, Mary, that, that will be drawn to you and I, either, you know, whenever, this year, 10 years, whatever, through this, a part of them will go, oh, yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah, that's true. And it might just be like a 2% part. And then the 98% will say, no, 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 no. The opportunity is to drop into our heart and follow our heart. Absolutely, and that's so true. Um, I was thinking about something you said the other day. I can't remember what it was in relationship to. Maybe as I talk, it'll come back to me, but well, you say it all the time that healing doesn't happen in the head, it happens in your heart. And you, know, and, and you can feel it you know, if you stop with your God-given barometer, as you'd like to call it, but you really can feel it. And just like I think, when you talked about um, at the end of your book um, with a new title for Becoming Radiant, and I said, when I read that, I was like, that is radical. I mean, I didn't say no, 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 exactly, because something, something inside of me said, yes, that's true. Even though the first time I read this probably was, I couldn't even have been a full year and a half out. And I was still really racked, but it, I felt it. And I knew that that was true. So I'm gonna read something from my second book. Please. It's chapter 13, this is not the end. I'm gonna adapt it a little bit for our conversation. If you are hearing these words, you are part of the tribe that has come to the planet. At this time in history, to change the way we do grief. That's who we are. Yes, 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 yes. I might jump up. I think that that is so needed and so powerful and so true. I just know it. I know that. I know that. So, um, so that's what you've been doing in Tuesday nights, yeah. is painting that picture. I thought it might be interesting. Did I interrupt you? Were you going to say something else? Okay, I don't. Know. <laughs> okay, um, I thought it might be interesting because I don't really know when the last time anyone asked you those eight questions were. Never. Oh, how fun! Well, I shouldn't say fun. I, you have to excuse me. I, I, we're talking about. Um, I, I, I want to paint a picture, Mary. For me, okay. This this, this is joyous. For to be seen, heard, and honored by yes. you, this, this does not happen to us. This does not happen to us. It's happening more and more, but 
I've been walking this path for 30 years. I can count the number of times on my hand that I've been seen, heard, and honored. It is fun. It's glorious. It's like radiant. Yes. Good, good. Because I feel that. And I'm really, I, I don't know, I feel this bubbling up is, feels like, yes, this is great. Let's do this. And I, I want, because I want, I want anyone listening, I want the world to know uh, more about Aaron, Trish, and Rory. I mean, and your feelings about them, the essence of who they are. And then your thoughts about all those questions that you asked. So if we could do that, I would like you to first give us a little bit, maybe if you could even think of something that, that maybe we don't know about each one of them, just, or whatever your heart speaks to, whatever you would like to share with us about Aaron, Trish, and Rory. Thank you, I appreciate it. So my most, most, most remarkable daughter, Erin left the planet when she was 18 months old. She was 18 months old. And my wife, Trish, said, we are not going to focus on her death. We're going to focus on her life. She came, she lived. She loved and was loved. We're going to celebrate that. An um, angel lady, didn't know what that was, pursued me almost relentlessly and said, the angels are talking to me. The angels are talking to me. They have messages for you, messages for you, messages for you. Finally, she called me on Christmas Eve. Wait a second. So she, she approached you. You never approached her. I've always I wanted that retreat. to happen. I was, I was at a retreat and this, and this was, um, this was in the first year after my wife died. Uh, I was at a retreat in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. And I do believe in angels. I really do. You know, and this angel lady, you know, comes up to me. Hey, I'm the angel lady. The angels are talking to me. Here's my business card. Please call me. They have messages for you. Honestly, you know, I was like, thank you, angel lady. I will put the card in my pocket. I promise you, I ain't going to call you. That's just where I was. That's just where I was. So, like I said, she called me on Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. In the house that I lived in with my wife, my kids. Trish loved Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve was Trish's, you know, Trish loved all things beautiful. This was her night. Hello, it's the angel lady. The angels keep knocking on my door. They want me to talk to you. I'm like, okay. Uh, I flipped my calendar. January 6th was the um, anniversary of Trisha's funeral. With intention, I scheduled it that day because it's the Feast of the Epiphany. And I thought, perfect day for the funeral. I got so many gifts from my wife. So I scheduled this session, you know, on... January 6th, I met her for lunch. The very first thing she said is, oh my goodness. Now, I'm a little skeptical about the angel lady. She goes, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. She said, can you feel that? Can you feel that? I said, what? She said, your daughter, Erin, she's all around us. She has the energy of a hummingbird. She goes in and out, in and out of both worlds the inspiration for the first chapter of this book, We Dance Between Both Worlds. I, I, 
the universe, God, spirit, Aaron said, you know, bring your talk with Mary outside. You'll hear the birds. You're surrounded by nature. We, I, my, a hummingbird will probably come and land on my head. So that's something about Aaron. It's the energy of the hummingbird. Yay, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Beautiful. Let me tell you about Trish. So if it's okay with you, I have no time limit today. I don't have a time limit either. No. Okay. Um, I so appreciate the opportunity to give words to this. When I, I met Trish when I was 27. The minute I saw her, I was, I was just intrigued. I was really, really drawn in. I was sitting next to her at a conference. We both worked together for the American Cancer Society. I was intrigued. I was drawn in. The conference, I believe, was three days. We're uh, sitting on a round table. People are talking back and forth. For three days, neither one of us said one word to each other. Do you want to know how much energy that took? And I'll tell you why. I recognized her. I recognized her consciously, but much more so on a subconscious level. I knew I had met her before. Uh, I didn't even know if I believed in reincarnation. I still don't. I recognized her. I knew I had met her before. And I knew if I took a step towards her, I would marry her. And I was scared to death. I was scared to death. I was scared to death. So I would say July, July. 14 months went by, 14 months. I would flirt with her, you know, we would kind of, because we worked for the same company. We both worked for the Cancer City. And finally, she went to Ireland at the end of August. And I really, really missed her. And I bought a piece of art for her and I put it on her desk. So when she came back the first day, she would have this gift. And so I, you know, coincidentally walked by her office with my coffee, popped my head in and said, did you get my gift? Sat down, we probably talked for about two hours. She said to me, that her role model was Bobby Kennedy, that she patterned her life after Bobby Kennedy, that she wanted to become a voice for the voiceless. I said to her, you went to Ireland? I said, my mom just got back from Ireland. She, this will tell you a lot about me. She bought me a Waterford vase. I said, why don't you come over to my building, it was just a walk away. I lived in the South Loop in Chicago. Why don't you come over and we'll have a drink at Orly's. And if the drink goes well, you know, I'll show you the um, Waterford vase and then we could have dinner. She kind of chuckled. I'm sure she thought, oh, you're a real piece of work. But from that night forward, we had dinner every single night. And six weeks later, I proposed to her. Wow. So this is, that's, a, that's a long intro to... That's awesome. For the last two... Three, for the last two, two and a half weeks, 
Trish has never, ever, ever been more present to me than since she passed away in 99. Never. And what, Trish was a voice for the voiceless. Trish loved Bobby Kennedy. And what my wife is saying to me is, you can't remain silent. You can't remain silent. In the face of the coronavirus, in the face of George Floyd, you cannot remain silent. Be my voice, be my voice, be my voice. Oh. I can't remain silent anymore. That's true. Good for you. That's amazing. Yeah. Lori, I love Lori more than any other human being I've ever encountered in my entire life, including my wife. I love, 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 love. I am fascinated by him. When I cross over, I just, I just want to look in his eyes and I want to say, who are you? you know, who are you? Who are you? I loved being his daddy. He was a genius. Living with him on a day-to-day -day basis, basis was like having my own personal docent to life. He read everything. He knew everything. He was interested in everything. And he, he was would, 13 years old. Yes. But 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 what when he was when he was five or six, he said to Trish and I, whichever one of you die first, when you meet Einstein in heaven, please ask him to visit me in my dreams. I have some questions for him. He was fascinated by time travel, by parallel universes, by the black hole. We lived in Northern California, and he worshipped Einstein. There's, a, there's a, an exhibit at the Lawrence Hall of Science of Einstein's artifacts. He was in heaven. He saw Einstein's typewriter, Einstein's glasses. Afterwards, he was in, um, he was in fifth grade. So he was 12. Nope, he was younger than, no, 11. he wasn't. Probably he was 11. 11. Probably in fifth grade, I think. He was 11. He was 11 years old. And he very gently, after we left the museum, it was so gentle, he said, Daddy, do you want me to explain Einstein's theory of relativity to you? And I said, yeah. I said, I would. So very carefully, very methodically, he explained it to me. And by the look on my face, he said, you didn't really understand that, did you? And I said, you know, I didn't. And he said, okay, you know, I'm going to try it one more time. And there were glimmers of recognition on my face. I, 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 it's, like I, it's like I grasped it. I grasped it. And he said, okay, you know, we, we can keep talking about it. I also, <laughs> what you're helping me remember is he loved the movies, The Matrix. Oh, my Lord, he devoured and I remember him saying, Daddy, I'd like to watch the Matrix movie with you, the first one. And he said, I'll stop it at different places, you know, so you can kind of take a breath. And if you have any questions about it, you can ask me the questions and I'll answer them for you. <laughs> so 
the strongest relation up until Trish making her presence known since um, George Floyd got massacred. Rory's presence has always been the strongest. He has been, he's, he's taken me by the hand and I wouldn't be talking with you, Mary, today if it wasn't for the really, the real gentle, loving guidance in the same way that he tried to explain Einstein's theory of relativity. He has helped show me this path that I'm on. Oh, I so feel that. I feel that for you. I do. Wow. That's amazing. Wow. Just want to take a minute and soak that in. Those are beautiful, beautiful, beautiful people. And they're still, well, that's part of the question, but um, so thank you for sharing them with me and with everyone else who might be listening or watching. So I'd like to ask you some questions now that we've established um, who they are. Um, given that, do you feel that there is a God? And if, if there is a God, what or he or, or she, what is God to you? What is God for you? Or is there yeah. one? What I'm really, really grateful about is that I, in my DNA, in the core of who I am, I have a really, really clear understanding of my God. Really clear. Yes, there's a God. My God doesn't care what you call he, she, it, they. My God actually doesn't even care if you believe in it. Um, my God doesn't care about any of that. Um, my God doesn't care if you call them the universe, if you call her goddess, if you call it the force from Star Wars. My God doesn't care. My, God, my God's arms are continually outreached. And my God says, I love you so much. Come, come, come. My God exists in this moment. I'm going to preface this by saying I'm teaching a new way to do grief, which creates a new way to do life. I hope you heard what I just said. Yes. My God, my God does not care what you did two minutes ago or two weeks ago or two years ago, or 20 years ago. My God exists in this moment, in this moment, in this moment. This is where life is, this moment. My God is love. As complex and as simple as that is, my God, I love the sun. I know not everybody does, I love the sun. My image of God is I move directly into the center of the sun surrounded by that warmth surrounded by that light my god is a divine love incomprehensible i can't use words to describe it people that have near-death experiences you know they try to describe it but they all say words are not adequate I was kind of bummed that I had to come back to earth. I wanted to stay there. The breath, the scope times 8 billion. Yes, I believe in God. That's my God. My choice to believe in that, every single human being on the planet, every person listening, 
you get to believe whatever you want. I'm not telling a single soul what they should believe. Right, right, right. And nor would I, but that is, that is wonderful. Wow. So having said that, then what did God have to do with the death of Aaron, Trish, and Rory? I want to be really clear on this. My, da my daughter's death was effing traumatic. Effing traumatic for her, for me, and for my wife. I spent two nights in the hospital with her. She died very suddenly. She went into the hospital Monday morning. She was dead at 5, 10 p.m. Wednesday. Monday to Wednesday. Wednesday morning, the doctor said, oh, we know exactly what she has. She has hemolytic uremic syndrome. You brought her to the hospital at the perfect time. We know how to treat it. She'll probably be here for two weeks. We got this, we got this. Tom, you go home. You're exhausted, you're exhausted. That is the tip of the iceberg of the trauma. I can Fast forward, my wife, Trish. I called 911 a couple of days after Christmas Day of 98. She was in the hospital for 52 hours, 52 hours. The similarities between Aaron's journey were unbelievable, except Trish's was shorter. Trish died on New Year's Day, 1999. Unbelievable, so chaotic, so confusing. My son Rory was diagnosed with a terminal brain cancer. There's nothing fun about that. That's frightening. That's terrorizing. That's chaotic. You have a sense. You have a sense for what I lived through. Where was God? What's clearer to me now than ever, and it became crystal clear when my teacher, my son Rory, was diagnosed. God held us, held us every single second. Every single breath I took, every single cry for my daughter Erin, you know, as my wife was vomiting in our bed, you know, when Lori said, Daddy, I can't have another uh, lumbar puncture, God was carrying us every step of the way, every step of the way. I'm so clear about that. And that's how I'm able to say this unbelievable thing that I don't believe it's possible to die at the wrong time or in the wrong way. That's my truth. Oh, you describe that so well. That really, I think that really sheds light on how you can be here. You, you know, I mean, when you did the talk, maybe it was the 10 things at the synagogue and um, the rabbi said, how do you get up every morning? That's how you get up every morning to know that your God is holding you and has been holding you all through everything. With, with every breath I take. With I'm every breath. Particularly at the times when it doesn't feel that way and I can't freaking figure it out. Wow. That's incredible. That's a choice that I make. I choose to believe that. I do too. And I think that's, 
it really, it explains, it explains so much when you sit with that, when anyone listening, if you can take that in and if you can't, that's fine. I mean, we're all doing what we do, but for me that, that resonates and it, it explains, it explains a lot. Thank you for that. And so having said that, then where was God when, when each one of them left this world? Holding me and most certainly holding them and with their angels, with people that love them, like, like with Aaron, I promise you, Trish was, Trish was first. Trish said to God, you got to move over a little bit. I'm, I'm first. With Rory, I promise you, it was Trish. This is your little sister. Remember her? Remember her from when you guys weren't even incarnated? God was right there, right there. And I firmly believe that before the bullet goes off, before the car crashes, before the news tightens, before the final injection of heroin, before, as my daughter Erin was crashing, she, that she, they called a code blue. I wasn't there, you know, so my wife and my parents had to run to the door of the um, ICU and just watch all this unfold. Before that, Trish, Trish's death was kind of cool in that it was like if you take a helium balloon and you allow the helium to just release, 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 release. I literally felt that. I mean, Trish died in a hospital and I felt her, her spirit, you know, being released and expand, 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 expand. It was traumatic for me. There was no, there was no trauma for her, I promise you. Rory's death. We created, we, it was self-created self chaos that we created, I promise you. I mean, we didn't know any better. We called 911, we went to the emergency room. Both he and Trish were on ventilators. I made the decision to take them both off the ventilator. My sister-in-law, Janine, who's a, who's a nurse, did that lovingly for me. So God was holding them all and God yanked them. God yanked them out of their physical bodies. There was, I promise you, there's no pain. There was pain for us, no pain for them. I know that without a doubt. And I've heard you say, and I love how you describe it. I kind of want you to, and I, but I don't know how to, let me see. So when you go, I think on a live, you may have imitated a bit. When you cross over what do you think is going to happen okay thank you so much for asking me this so my father went to notre dame sunday is father's day my father and mother are devout devout catholics and they live their life with no fear. They push their Catholicism to the very, very edge. I mean, they have been in groups where people speak in tongues. You know, they believe in, you know, the power of physical healing. So, but my mom, my mom 
loves to go to church. She loves to say the rosary. She has a huge devotion to the Blessed Mother. She loves receiving the body and blood of Jesus Christ. I mean, she, she really, really does. So I, I, I got much closer to my dad when he retired. They live five minutes from me. Um, he, I can't remember how many years, six or seven years ago, he had a scare with colon cancer and he went into the hospital. So he was gonna have, I think, part of his colon removed. And I had some time with him by ourselves. I had some time with him by myself. And I said, do you think you're gonna die? And I, I do not like going into hospitals anymore, but I did for my dad. And I said, do you think you're gonna die? And he said, no. He said, I don't think so. I don't think so. And I said, are you afraid of dying? And he said, no, no. He said, I'm not really ready, you know? I said, well, what do you think's gonna happen? And he got this big smile on his face. And he said, Jesus Christ will be there standing with his arms outstretched and he'll put his arms around me and he'll say, welcome home, Claude. You know, my, I forget the quote, but it's like my good and faithful servant. Well done, home. my good and faithful servant, right? Well, yes, thank you. That's my connection to my Catholicism. Yes, well done, my good and faithful servant. The light was beaming from me. So I'm like, okay, well, he's not going to die. So we he and I talked about that a lot because he got Parkinson's. And I mean, he was going to die. So this is, this is my truth. I am not in a hurry to die. And I am, honestly, I'm pretty sure I'll live to, over, to be over 100 because I've just started with my work. I've just begun. You know, I'm 63. I, I'm just gonna be here till I'm 100. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not jumping off a cliff, but I'm certainly not afraid to die. I'm not afraid at all. And I know, I know that Trish will have this, Aaron will have this, Rory will probably have both legs. They'll literally yank me out of my body. They'll yank me out of my body. And my joke is it's like, Jesus, if you're standing there, you go to the back of the line, you go to the back of the line. These are the three people. These are the three people. And this is what I know. That God that I talked about, we are each love so much. That's what I want to experience. Love is not going to deny me of that experience. That's not what love is. So it's like, oh, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about that. That's, that's And you know what? Let me just put this out there. My hope and my prayer is that Sean is not grabbing my other leg. I want Sean to stay here in his physical body. <laughs> I don't I you don't hear want that? Yeah, I don't want him to leave before I do. I just do not want to have to bury another child. No, thank you. Yes. Well, yeah, I copy, copy that. So this is a good segue into then, is there a heaven? There is a heaven, and heaven is being in the presence of God. Where is God? There is no place that God isn't 
Heaven is everywhere. You are hearing heaven. I could smell heaven. You're seeing heaven. I am sitting in heaven right now. And I'm not saying that heaven is this planet, planet, planet Earth. That's not what I'm saying. There is a heaven. It's being in the presence of God. Beautiful. Does everyone go there? This is how much we're loved. This is how much we're loved. God exists in this moment, in this moment, in this moment, in this moment. If when you cross over, you say, God will say, would you like to come with me? You may say yes or no. If you say yes, you're in heaven. If you say no, God loves you so much. God says, okay, here's the doorbell. Ring the door, not literally, I shouldn't say that. Here's the bell. You know, ring the bell. You know, if you ever change your mind, ring the bell. So I do believe in a hell, but I promise you, it's a self-created hell. It's a hell that we create for ourselves and each other here on planet Earth. And all you have to do is turn on the television to see the self-created hell that we're living in, that some people are living in. But I also believe that on the other side, you know, we're loved so much if we go, ah, not today, God. I'm not up for it. Okay, fine. And to me, you know, there are so many, you know, like growing up Catholic, there was purgatory, there was limbo, there was, you know, Pluto, there was Saturn. We can, we can create whatever version of not being in heaven that we like. For some people, my hunch is they are going to burn. They are going to burn. Wow. But it's self-created. It's self-created. They're allowed to burn because they're loved so much. It's like, it's like, we didn't come here to the planet to suffer, but you may suffer as long as you like. Why? That is, that's gonna, that is going to sit with people for a long time. I, that is an, an awesome, uh, awesome way to look at it. Interesting. And some, it, some people will will understand that, that will plant a seed in some people. The people that I love the most, the people that I care the most for, are the people that go, that are gonna click off. Blasphemous. No, that's not right. It doesn't say that in the Bible. Who does he think he is? Those are the people that my heart is open the most for. Because life brought them to you and I, Mary. Life brought them out of love. And that which we resist the most, that's the point of power. That's the point of growth. We become the God we worship. That's Richard Rohr's. So, I mean, I, 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 you know me well enough, I believe. I do know exactly what I'm doing. Wow. That is, I can't wait to watch the playback. <laughs> it's great. Thank you so I much. To, I can't wait to get the playback out in the world. Me too. Um, all right, so that answers heaven and everyone or just some people. So that's fantastic. And so are Aaron, Trish, and Rory still aware of us here on earth? They are so grateful, as am I, Mary, that you have given me this opportunity to clarify to myself everything that I've shared with you but also to introduce them in a, in a new way to the entire world. Um, 
The subtitle of my second book is A New Way to Do Life. I'm, I'm painting a picture with your help of a new way to do life. They are, they are with us, they are aware of us, and they are so grateful. Can they communicate with us? Every day, every minute, every hour. Yes, 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 yes. Our head will say, that's not them. You made it up. You're crazy. Jesus didn't say that. God didn't say that. Our heart, our heart, our God-given barometer, our heart recognizes truth. Our heart knows what's true. It sure does. And can we communicate with them? We are right now. We are right now. Yay! I love it. Um, oh, okay. So I guess I have another question. Forgot I had this one. So that those are the questions that you've been asking everyone else. Um, how long? How long did it take you to answer these questions for yourself? I want to back up a little bit. Those are questions presented in the first chapter of this book. Thank They're you. called, I refer to them as life's fundamental questions. In my- They're on page eight. They're on page eight. In my experience, in my opinion, in my heart, based on the people I've worked with one-on-one, -on -one, the people I've worked with in small online groups, large online groups, retreats, in order to find peace, in order to heal. We have to ask and answer, ask and answer, ask and answer till we settle in on a peaceful answer. Realizing that part of the reason we're here in the same way that the universe, according to my son Rory, just continues to expand. The universe expands, 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 expands. We're supposed to expand. We're supposed to continually expand heart-wise, wisdom-wise, knowledge-wise, understanding-wise. So this is what I believe today. It's not carved in stone. I'm open to the possibility that someone will give me one new piece of information. I'll give you an example. I could probably watch the Facebook Lives and we could find the date when this dawned on me. I used to say that everyone, I used to say everyone's doing the best they can. Everyone's doing the best they can. Everyone's doing the best they can. The expansion of that, every single human being is doing exactly what they need in order to survive. Every single human being. This is hard for me. Every person I see on TV, this side of the aisle and that side of the aisle, every single one is doing exactly what they need to do in order to survive. That's freedom for me. It is, and I, 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 I like hearing that too because that's what we have to, I think that's really the way we have to look at it, you know, to be able to open ourselves up. When I look at it that way, it brings me peace. Me too, I, absolutely. Yeah. I'm not telling anyone what they have to do. I did say that, but I meant me. That's what I have to do. For 62 years, I didn't believe that. That caused me a lot of pain. So, so in answer to your question, I'm a work in progress. I'm a work in progress. 
I used to say, and I used to really, really believe, I used to say that for between three to five years after Aaron died, after Trish died, after Rory died, I was in a living hell, a self-created living hell. So I used to say between nine and nine to 15 years of undeniable, unimaginable suffering. But one of the gifts of these Facebook lives is it's invited me to go back. And it's like, I literally have the planner from the year that Rory had a seizure and I called 911. I mean, I have the planner so I can go back and we share what we believe is true. I mean, there's, you know, police detectives out there that will say, you know, it's like, I don't know, I'm going to grab a figure, but it's higher than 80%. It's like 80% of what eyewitnesses believe is true. It's not true. So what I'm, and I'm really grateful for this. The time after, the time after Trish died, because of who I was becoming, I wasn't a raging, angry lunatic for between three to five years. It was more, it was more off and on. It wasn't continual. Like when I was at that retreat in Lake Geneva with the angel lady, I had a good time. You know, I was grateful to be there. I, I really liked having lunch with her. So that's shedding light on the story, the, pain, the really painful story I've been telling myself. You know, when I was on Oprah four months after Trish died, I loved it. I was so grateful. I mean, I was really, it was four months. So I danced between, you know, many, many different worlds, a world of anger, of regret, of disappointment, of envy, of jealousy, but also a world of peace and gratitude and gentleness. That's new. This is brand new. You're pulling it out of me. This is brand new for me. When Rory died, there was, there was a huge layer of love that never left me. There was a, I was so grateful that I got to be his daddy. And I was damn pissed. I was so damn pissed. And I won't say it, but I was effing angry. I was so angry that, um, that this was the plan. I was like, why, 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 why? I hate this, I hate this, I hate this. You know, I knew, you know, unless I killed myself, and I seriously, considered suicide more than once, but I knew unless I killed myself, I would figure out a way to claw out of that deep, dark hole because I had done it before, but I was so pissed that I had to do it again. So not to answer your question, it took me a long, 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 long time to become who I am today. And my hope and my prayer and my intention is through the work that I'm doing and the unbelievable expansion that's occurring for the work right now, that the people that, 
their hurt, their loved ones, bring them to us, that they won't suffer as long as I did. That's, 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 what, that's part of, that's a large part of why I do what I do. Well, you said that if you could claw your way out of that deep, dark pit, I'm quoting you, semi, I could, you could claw your way out of that pit one more time, then you would take the knowledge and the wisdom and everything you've learned and you would make it your life's work. Yes. And you've done just that. You're doing just that. And this you're painting was a, a very radiant picture, I might add. This was a real, this life happens for me. It happens for me. I have two dead kids and a dead wife. It's not happening to me. This is becoming clearer and clearer to me. Rory was dead a year, was just at a year. And a buddy of mine said, this buddy of mine who, who said, we gotta build a website. You know, you, you got a gift to give the world here, dude. You know, I'm gonna help you, I'm gonna help you. It was his mom that scheduled the retreat in Lake Geneva where I met the angel lady. He and his mom. No coincidences. No, listen to this. He and his mom, they were in Mexico. I want to say Can. They were in Cancun. And my friend David and his brother Michael were walking along the beach. And his mom, Catherine, was watching them. Hey, so great, so great, so great. This huge wave grabbed Michael who was older than David. Michael drowned, Michael drowned. David grabbed his older brother's body, brought it to his mom on the beach. A doctor came and gave CPR. Michael died. I met Catherine, there, it's, this is life happening for us. My greatest teacher is Gary Zukoff, The Seed of the Soul. I went to an intensive of his, eight months after Trish died. That's why I'm saying I, I wasn't as rage filled and as angry. I mean, my, it was, I was dancing. Me saying yes to going to Zukov's intensive, that's me leaning into healing. At that intensive, I met Catherine. So, I mean, it's just this circle, 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 circle. Unfolding. Um, yeah. I know you asked me a question and I can't find it right now. Or I was gonna say something else. What was I gonna say? I don't like it when that happens because to me that means I left the present moment and I got caught up in my story. It's another cheat that's happening for me. It's like, don't do that anymore. Well. My hope is I'll come back to why, why I brought that up. Me too, me too, but I bet it, I bet it will. But so we, I think we pretty much finished the eight questions um, because I was, yeah, I was going to ask you if it was ongoing to a degree and you said, you just said that it was. So you're a work in progress. My growth, yeah, my growth, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So this is, I appreciate you trusting me. If we could, to the best of my knowledge, prior to, you reaching out to me, I think through a Facebook message, or did yeah. you first reach out? Yeah, so you reached out to me through a Facebook message. H had we ever interacted before? 
No, I sent you an email, I think in November of 2018, but you, if you've said that you're a one man guy, you know, and your emails just kind of get lost sort of, you know, in, because there's so many, I'm sure you get contacted by so many people. And it never occurred to me that you could be on Facebook. That was, you know, that was 2018. This is 2020, you know, or yeah, the 2020. And I was, so I don't even know. I don't know how I found you. All of a sudden one day it occurred to me and I popped in your name and it came up because, you know, I've been, I've been, even though I, don't, I haven't followed you, I followed you. And um, yeah, so, um, so I sent you a, a Facebook. I, I think I, what happened was I, I found you, you started doing the Facebook lives just before, just, I found you first and then the Facebook live started. And you were talking about, um, not the, when I read the, um, the chapter, but you were talking about um, teachers becoming, uh, students becoming the teachers. And something occurred to me, um, and I shared something about my son, Brian, on your page. I can't even remember what it was, and I have no record what it was. Anyway, I, then I kind of felt, I thought better of it. And I contacted you through Messenger and said, you know, I posted something. I don't know if I really should have or not. And you said, no, 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 I, I really appreciate it. So that was my first uh, contact with you. And you said, thank you for being a teacher. And then I, I don't remember how it went from there. And then, and then did I put up a, the invitation for people to read a chapter of Permission to Mourn because Anna had stopped? I, yes, but I think I contacted you before that. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. And is, is that the email or the, the message I asked you to print out? No, I don't remember exactly what happened between then and, let me see, May 9th. You thanked me. I, I can't remember how it went, but somehow is, is, is I, this through, is this all through Facebook? This is all through Messenger. It's all through Messenger. But there was, there was so many, <laughs> there was, uh, you know, just a bunch of communications, you know, light communications. Um, I had written to to thank you, um, and then I shared what I shared, and um, and then I did, pretty much right after that, you extended the invitation to read, and I did. Um, and then on the heels of that, um, I kind of threw in there on the, on the, at the end of a, a conversation, if you had ever considered uh, forming a team of teachers. And then you wrote back and said, I don't have any Wait, wait, let's, can, can we stop for a second? Sure. Because I'm pulling them all up. You, this is so interesting. This is even better. You sent me a message on March 26th. March 26th, before I started the Facebook Live. Yes. I just had to write to you. You told me about Brian. You said, um, yeah, I said that you were the foundation for this podcast. Okay. I didn't respond. I honestly don't even know if I read that. I don't know what I was doing on March 26th for whatever reasons. And I'm so grateful you didn't take that personally. No. Then on May 3rd, Okay, so May 3rd is when we talked about the shared, the thing that you shared. And I, and I, I did get back to you, thank Jesus, on four, at 449. I love that you shared your experience with 
folks on my page today. Thank you so much for being a teacher today, sending lots of love. Then on May, oh, then a little bit, the next day, the next day, is that the one you're gonna read? Yes, you have that one? Well, no, because that just, I just was, I, at the very tail, I was just gonna say at the tail end of another, uh, of uh, an email, I said, so, impulsively, I asked if you had ever considered forming a team, and then you said that you weren't sure and then I still didn't give up. So this is the one that I was going to read. But, but, but hold on, hold on, hold on. So this is you. You reach out to me. I don't respond. I promise you there are people that take that personally. And I understand that. I current, this isn't an explanation. This isn't. I mean, this isn't an excuse. It's oh, an no. explanation. I literally have 80,000 emails. 80,000, but, but I, you reach out to me, I didn't respond. You reach out to me again, I do respond. The next day you say, you say, have you ever considered forming a team of teachers or partnerships? You, right. you, you, you put that out there on March 4th. That is essentially our very first conversation. Hey, dude, ever consider forming a team of teachers or partnerships? That takes guts. I'm incorrigible. I, listen, Tom, I only did it because I pay attention to my nut. No, that's not exactly true. This is something that I have felt so strongly for a while. I mean, it's like bizarre that you would feel it that strongly. So I thought, oh, I'll just, I don't remember exactly why, but I felt led to say that. So I did. Did you, did you hesitate at all? Was there any fear or you're just like, I'm going in, I'm going to put it out there. I think I just said, I'm going in because I felt that strong. I felt that right to me. I, I just, I felt like if I didn't, you know, the, the saying about if you're, you know, it's, you're, it's more painful to stay like this than this. So I just, I went in because I just felt like I had to. What's, what can you, what would you say to me that, you know, no, you know, what have I got to lose? Because this is what I feel. I feel, I, I don't feel it's, I don't even feel it's of me exactly. It's not really, it's something that felt bigger than that to me. So yeah, so then I put it out there. And then when after you said that you weren't, you just, you, you know, you, you'd, you'd thought about it, but you didn't really have any, any uh, concrete plans. Um, so then I have, this is the one I was gonna read. So should I read this? Yeah, so please. You didn't actually ask me to go further with it, but I said, I just wanted to explain myself a little bit. So I said, um, with regard to my question, I had the thought because of how you encourage others to become teachers so that others will know. And I love that. And I feel that passion too. I've thought of you as a mentor for the past few years. I hope that's okay. And one of my best teachers. I love that so many of your teachers have been my teachers too. And I feel like it all goes together. So I asked the question somewhat impulsively. That's what I said but would be so honored to be in any kind of, well, I said, in, in association with you in any way. I am a teacher and this is my life's purpose and work. Maybe something could evolve, question mark. I don't know, but I believe that I was meant to connect with you. And in my mind, that was AKA work with you in some capacity. And it just didn't know what beyond that. 
So that's what I did. Okay, so, so you are painting a very, very clear picture. You set your intention and you, I think for me, you boldly said, dude, I want to work with you. Then you, you, you painted it. You kind of filled in more of the nuances of it. So you're, you're visioning it. You're helping, you know, me vision it. You're, it's like, it's not only the intention, but it's like, this is what I think it could look like. This is what I think I could look, it look like. How do we heal? We set the intention. We create a vision. And then we take a concrete step. You didn't, if we sit back and wait to be healed, time alone does not heal. Time alone does not heal. What is the very concrete step that you then took? I reached out to, oh, then I asked you if I could read. Oh. Hey, hey dude, I'd like to do a podcast. And then the podcast, yeah. And how did I respond? How did I respond? You said, I love that idea. And what did I'll I ask I'll even come in out on and help you kick it off. Okay. So ask and you shall receive. Demonstration, intention, picture, concrete step. You already verbalized this. What I have seen before my bit. Nope. What I have heard this time, I've heard it with my very ears. And anyone that has listening, that has been listening to you, Mary, you have, in, in my opinion, based on my heart, you, we have seen you transform. Nope. We've heard you transform with our very ears. Who you are becoming, we have proof. You know, the audio tape, it don't lie. This tape to the very first one, in the same way that Anna is visibly becoming radiant, you are visibly becoming radiant. And you had so much, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't you share that with us? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so this is, this is what Brian and Jillson and Aaron and Trish and Rory said to me, Tom, you are kicking off this three-week program that begins June 29th. Please, please, please ask Mary if she will join Anna and being what I'm going to call a guide, if Mary will agree to be part of the team that creates the safe, sacred space, that sits on the bench with people, that sees them and hears them and honors them. That's my, that's my request. Oh, I, oh, I just, if you had your hands out, I would grab them. Yes, 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 yes. With all my heart, with all my gratitude, I would be honored and grateful and privileged. This and is, thank you. This is how powerful we are. Carolyn Mace said 
and it resonated with me. We determine the speed at which we heal. May 3rd to June 16th. How many weeks is that? Six? You have manifested exactly what you wanted. Am I, am I correct? Yes, intention, intention, intention. And you know what though? Part of that is this is the path. This is what led me to this. This is because, and I think Kim might've said it, Maddox, her grief path has become a life or a spiritual path. And that in, in actually in your second book, you say how to do life. And that is what is emerging. Life is emerging. Life is emerging. So would you send me uh, your favorite headshot that can be whatever, because I'm going to add you and Anna to the registration material on my site. With your permission tonight, I'm going to let the whole world know that you and Anna are going to be guiding the 22 people through that program. And it has, I mean, it began when you, it began when you set the intention. You are so powerful. Listen, six weeks ago, I did not know who you were. <laughs> I promise you, Mary, I promise you, I am very careful and I'm very cautious. When I had my reading with Rachel, she said, go solo, which I understand. She said, be very careful about who you bring into the inner circle. It's what you manifest with. I am. And you know what else is interesting? I, this is what I love. This is one of the things that Oprah said in that video that I posted about her wanting the role of the color purple. Set the intention with emotion, with passion, release the outcome. Release the outcome. Re release the outcome. On my planner, I promise you, on my planner, I already have you marked down for a Tuesday night. You created our Tuesday night. <laughs> I, well, I love this. I, I love this. I just, I, it's, something is moving through us. Something is moving through us. This Spirit is, is moving through us. This, this is, is why. And if I may, the coronavirus and the murder of George uh, Floyd, mm -hmm. they're not separate from that which is moving through us. They're, they're not. True. I believe that. So thank you, Mary. Thank you so much, Tom. So I guess we're going to wrap this up. So much gratitude and love for you. Thank you so much. So, and everyone watching and or listening, so much love and gratitude for each of you. Please be kind and gentle and compassionate with yourselves. I wish you so much peace and so much grace as you wander down not only the path of grief, but the path of life. Thank you again for watching and listening. And thank you again so much, Tom. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you.